Hello. Thank you so much for coming to this video today, guys. I really appreciate it. This is my podcast. It's called the Cardano Aura. It's Cardano's use and utility podcast. I bring anybody in the Cardano ecosystem that's going to be, bring value to the Cardano protocol. And this one is a special one. It's with Ben Gortzel from SingularityNet. He's actually the founder of SingularityNet. Uh, but what they're doing is they're actually looking at Cardano for a number of reasons. And we're going to be going over that those reasons um, today in this podcast um, to actually migrate a big portion of SingularityNet over to Cardano and maybe eventually all of SingularityNet, you know, if we do provide the, the use and utility that they need. Um, but it's an awesome, awesome podcast. So if you guys do enjoy it, please click the like button. Please comment down below. Click the notification bell and click all. We have to show people uh, all the great projects that are moving over um, to Cardano. And I, I think this is probably my favorite. This is the greatest one for me. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but also, if you want to support me and support yourself, you can delegate to Bloom. We have Bloom through Bloom 6. Um, and, and we pay about 5 to 5.5% rewards on your ADA a year. Uh, we actually minted the eighth ever block on the Cardano blockchain. Right. So we've been here from the beginning and we'll be here till year end. And we actually do have a sponsor of this video today. And it actually works well with some of the themes of this video. As you guys know, Cardano, um, one of the greatest aspects of it is that it's written in a formal verified language. Right. And you can essentially read this for what it is. And this sponsor I'm going to be talking about today, DataCamp, and you can click that link down below, actually has a Haskell course on DataCamp. It's, it's really awesome. So um, well, you can you can do a lot of stuff, right? It's not just it's not just Haskell. There's a, it's twenty five dollars a month, and you get unlimited access to all of their courses. And um, like for example, understanding and analyzing data is critical. So no matter what industry you're in, right? Um, with DataCamp, you can learn data science today and apply it tomorrow. There's over three hundred courses with interactive learning experiences and. Um, for me, the one that I'm using is actually the Haskell course. I want to learn more about Haskell uh, because as you guys know, the Plutus language for Cardano is essentially a cryptocurrency specialized version of Haskell, right? So with DataCamp, um, you, you can really fit this into your schedule and start learning a little bit. So maybe you can build your own decentralized applications on the Cardano blockchain. And uh, the lessons are bite-sized bite and they can fit into your schedule really easily. Uh, their mobile version uh, will also allow you to learn from anywhere. Um, and you guys just have to click that link down below. Um, it, it, you can try any first chapter of any course, maybe the Haskell course or maybe the data science course that I mentioned earlier. You can try those all for free. And by doing so, even just trying the free course, you do support my channel. This is my first sponsor, um, as you guys have ever seen. So yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed this video. And like I said, if you do, please comment down below. If you guys have any cryptocurrency questions or Cardano questions, feel free. Feel free. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a good rest of your week. Goodbye. Hello. Thank you guys so much for coming to this podcast today. This is the Cardano Aura podcast. This is a podcast where we bring anybody on the podcast that's actually providing value to the Cardano blockchain. And today we have Ben Gortzel. I'm really excited to have him on. Hey, thanks. Yeah, ple pleasure to be here and talk a bit about what we're doing with uh, AI, AI on Cardano. Very, very exciting stuff happening. Yeah, I I'm actually thrilled about it. Um, I actually first heard... Um, of Singularity Net, so you're the founder of Singularity Net, and I first heard of it from the Joe Rogan podcast. I think it was a couple, or maybe even a few years ago now. And then following that, I listened to the long one you did on Lex Friedman, uh, and I, I really just I love that podcast. You know, so I'm thrilled to have you on here today. Yeah, Rogan was I think December 2018 or something. It seems like uh, many eons ago. Yeah, uh, it really does in, in crypto time, right? But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been mostly working in the AI space for the last last few decades, right? Since I started out with a math PhD in the, in the 80s. But uh, decentralizing AI seemed important to me all the way back to, you know, as soon as the internet came out, you could see you don't want any one party to control the AI. The AI should be like democratic and, and decentralized. And I think, you know, Cardano is the first, infrastructure out there that i see has potential to be capable to support like large-scale decentralized ai ai systems and that, yeah that, so so before exciting. we jump into like what is singularity net what is that potential that you see with cardano well really you know when, when i i published a book in 2001 called creating internet intelligence and what, what i was aiming at there was a whole bunch of different AI processes living all around, all around the globe and cooperating in a decentralized democratic way to do complex computations in a sort of 
self-organized way rather than a top-down way. And, you know, when Vitalik uh, talked about the world computer around the, the time when Ethereum was first being conceived, like 2015 or whatever, 2014, whatever it was, I mean, it was really a similar idea and smart contracts were supposed to support that. Now, I didn't manage to launch anything like that in 2001. Mm-hmm. Ethereum launched something, but it really doesn't have the sophistication or scalability of design to support that vision, although it's very cool what it, what it has led to, of course. It's yeah. changed the world. And I think Cardano, with the Plutus smart contracts being released, is a much more credible infrastructure for a world computer, right? And you can you can uh, secure scalable privacy preserving like decentralized democratically governed world computer and you can you can do a lot of things with such a world computer and ai ai obviously is 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 the one that i'm thinking most about but there there's a lot of other large scale decentralized software applications that 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 you can make yeah yeah so so essentially what you're excited for is is the fact that Cardano has this decentralized governance and that's kind of at the heart of it with Cardano's Voltaire and then also the scalability, you know, um, that's coming well, in the future so with Basho. I, I started programming Haskell in 1993 when it was like the gopher interpreter before GHC and all the modern Haskell tools. So, and both because I'm a mathematician and that's sort of a beautiful abstract way to organize code and and ideas and but also i mean you have provability and and verifiability of code enabled sort of very effectively by by design and that that just seemed like a good thing like i i mean i'd been thinking about that originally from a strong ai view like if if you have an ai system that has a certain goal system and a certain ethical orientation in it wouldn't it be nice to prove formally that the ai code actually has the goal system you you think it has you intended right? yeah 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 but of, of course for less high polluting things than, than the goal system of your superhuman agi i mean just for for financial transactions or medical records i mean having having verifiability that that code is operating according to spec is very nice thing and you know pure functional languages make that just far simpler to do by by design. So I mean, I was into that since for, for, forever, right? Probably since before Hoskinson was born, for that matter. <laughs> and then, I, I, I mean, so I mean, now that the fact that that uh, Cardano has has come out with a smart contract language, it basically is, is Haskell plus some cool li- libraries and, and extensions. I think that's uh, that's extremely promising for reasons that are going to be obvious to everyone who's deep in the functional programming community and maybe maybe not obvious to to everybody else right so i mean as i mean the the obvious example is like i mean or or boros is formally verified and i mean you can you can formally verify that the code sending trillions of dollars around in the world economy actually is doing what it what it says it's doing mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a hard thing for for a lot of people to understand. You know, you kind of have to have that mindset because, you know, a a lot of us have heard from Charles like, oh, formal verification is the way to go. But I'm actually seeing you come into the space and actually seeing the value in that as well with with all of the the history you've had, you know, is is, is nice to see from from our side as well, you know, because it's it's hard for people that aren't technical minded to really see the, the true value of formal verification, you know. Well, unless you've programmed a lot, you don't realize, like, almost all code has many bugs in it, right? And then, I mean, a good hacker can find those bugs. And it's really insane that the tens of trillions of dollars coursing around the globe in the world's economy are running on fundamentally insecure software code, right? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. And in traditional finance... You have some parties, like say J- Jane Street Capital, has been a pioneer. They're like like hedge funds running on on functional code, Haskell and OCaml and so on. But by and large, by and large, security is addressed by brute force mechanisms rather than just by security by design by using programming languages that are not bug prone and formally like proving with math that 
that the code does what it, what it's supposed to do. And yeah, this this is going to be really important as we get more and more advanced AI systems. But it also, honestly, it already is is important. I mean, look at all the ridiculous hacks out out, out there already, which could be prevented by taking a sounder approach. And I, I think there's also other technical advantages to Cardano's architecture in the form of just better code reuse. Say if for machine learning, you often want to do like secure multi-party computing. So you can, you can have data owned by many different people living on many servers scattered all around the planet. And you want to do machine learning to learn what's in that data without requiring people to share the data with each other. So like you, you could have say a bunch of banks that want to do risk management analysis or a bunch of pharma companies that want to do data mining on, on people's medical data, but without sharing the data with each other, can the AI find patterns common among all this disparate spread around data without needing to gather that data in one, in one place and without violating anyone's confidentiality or privacy? Well, I mean, that's like secure multi-party computing. Now, Cardano has that like deep in the guts of the consensus mechanism. The cool thing is that due to the elegant software architecture, we could reuse some of that code for secure multi-party computing to help with doing secure MPC for machine learning algorithms, right? And that's uh, that's related to how Hydra works, where you, you can have the smart contracts in a side chain isomorphically map into smart contracts on the main chain. You can have multi-party computing on the native asset isomorphically map into multi-party computing like in, in the main Cardano system. And this is all you know, obscure technical voodoo, I guess, if you're not a functional programming developer, but it's the sort of thing that makes developing... Well, it's, a, it's a, incredible, man. It really is. You know? I mean, it, lets, it makes developing a world computer just orders of magnitude easier. As, so, I mean, the, the reason Singularity Net computer, the reason the Singularity Net community is psyched about moving to Cardano is just they're sick of paying 25 bucks or 100 bucks in gas costs for a simple transaction and having a transaction take minutes instead of a, like a fraction of a second or something, right? So, I mean, I sure. mean, they're, they're just fed up with cost and scalability issues. And Cardano does work around cost and scalability issues. But, I mean, the, the bottom line is like NEM has worked. NEM has been cheap and fast for years. It's been around since 2015, right? And the Algorand is cheap, is cheap and, and fast. Elrond is cheap and fast. And, you know, I mean, I don't own those tokens. I'm not shilling those things, right? It's just the, the point is there, there's, a, there's a shitload of things that are cheaper and faster than Ethereum out there and just don't have traction. It's a necessary condition that Cardano is cheap and fast. But, but it's that, not just that. that. Will, that it's not a sufficient condition like to to win the blockchain competition because if you're starting from scratch rather than having to be backward compatible, it's not that hard to be cheaper and faster than than, yeah. than Ethereum, right? The 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 real win is the, the Plutus smart contract framework and the other things that come with it in, in Gogloom release because I mean this this just opens up a lot of other avenues for sophisticated large-scale development of, of software systems and i think that that lets you do advanced stuff like we're doing with porting our, our singularity net decentralized ai network on the cardano but it should also let banks and pharma companies and supply chain applications and a ho- ho- whole bunch of other domains of, of complex distributed software application i mean i think the gogram release will, will allow allowed these things to be rolled out on the Cardano network. And you just, you can't do that with the other blockchains out there. In Ethereum, you can't because it's too inefficient and expensive. In the other blockchains that are faster and, and cheaper, you can't do it because you don't have a sufficiently capable smart contract platform. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Cardano is in quite a unique position going forward from this next release. I agree with you there. And and I really appreciate your insight on that. And um, so the next thing I want to get into is specifically for someone who's who's never heard of Singularity Net before, never heard of what you guys are doing, because my channel recently has been growing a lot. And a lot of it's new people, they don't even know, um, you know, really about even creating a wallet, 
you know, so I kind of just want a, a general overview of, of what Singularity Net is first, and then uh, we can go into kind of your guys' proposal, you know, that, that was voted and passed, which I'm really excited yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And it, it's true. Living in around people who are into crypto, you forget that the the level of knowledge yeah and and i i have a weird insight on that because i spend i spend so much time replying to messages and emails and comments that um compared to a month and a half ago the average overall has gone down significantly just in a month you know so i mean when i went on joe rogan's show like rogan is a very smart guy but he he knew about bitcoin but he didn't know that other cryptocurrencies existed at at, 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 Mm -hmm. at that point i mean i mean now now it's been a couple years but uh yeah, it is. Uh, I guess it's not surprising when you look at how fast crypto has grown, right? Like if you've been in the crypto world, it seems like it's been forever because there've been so many insane ups and downs. But it's really yeah, like exactly not, not, not that many years, right? So, yes, Singularity Net is so it's not a specific AI application or, or AI algorithm, although. I have launched a bunch of specific AI algorithms and applications. SingularityNet is a it's a platform for running different AI programs on it, and it, it's it's a platform that lets a whole bunch of different AIs run in a decentralized way. So anyone can put an AI out there onto SingularityNet platform, put it online on your own computer, put it on a server farm somewhere, put put it wherever, right, and then that a, that AI can run a certain script which tells the rest of SingularityNet that it's there, then it's joining the global SingularityNet community. So it's just like anyone could put an Ethereum or Bitcoin node online, right? So you can you can put your SingularityNet agent online anywhere. And then if your AI agent does something, it classifies images and answers questions, it solves reasoning problems, right? If If someone else in the world wants that AI problem solved, they can make a request to your AI agent and then it will say, well, okay, I can solve your problem for, for this amount of, uh, of money, which is the, where the AGI token. AGI, comes in. Yeah. And, 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 and then, then you have a, you have a financial smart contract between you who needed some AI services done and the agent that is providing the, the, the AI services. Right. And so the, the AGI token is used for payment and then for some other purposes like rating and reputation and incentivizing development. But the the thing is there's there doesn't have to be any central clearinghouse or something. The, all the AI agents can just be all over the place and there's peer to peer discovery mechanism that, that finds the agent for Well how do they how do they talk to each other without really a centralized site or, or some sort of well, i mean how, how how do ethereum or bitcoin nodes or or, or ada nodes talk to yeah. each other without so it's just a, essentially running a node it's a peer-to-peer protocol yeah yeah singular so singularity net is a peer-to-peer protocol for communication of, of ais now you can but how would that look make, like for the average user when you get on there and you see all these different ais how does somebody with um really a certain specialization that they want done how do they find that yeah uh, in so the you node? can you can make registries which are which cover part of the network so singularity net foundation which is the nonprofit foundation that has has built most of singularity net we have a registry of ai agents that we have reviewed and, and, and approved as, as being good which includes a lot of stuff that we we coded ourselves and, and, and some other stuff mm-hmm. yeah we but have a similar thing in cardano for stake pools you know we have a, a centralized metadata yeah. platform for the stake pools that's run by iog so right but that doesn't from. have to be complete and if you think about it geopolitically like if some folks in uh in tehran or something in, in or isfahan in iran put some ais on singularity net like as a u.s citizen due to sanctions i cannot legally list their ai agent on the registry that i curate right mm-hmm. otherwise otherwise uh otherwise i'm violating sanctions on the other hand singularity net is a decentralized protocol and folks in Iran can put their own registry of Iranian mm-hmm. singularity net AI agents, and that can be connected to a, to a website, right? And then if you're in like Ethiopia or somewhere that doesn't care about sanctions against Iran, then you can, I mean, you can go to those AI agents 
and that's all running on the decentralized platform and, and, and protocol, right? So I mean, you can yeah. you can also have say what white, white labeled marketplaces, right? Like some some industry organization might want to make a curated set of AI agents made by their members and, and and offer that. You can you can do that too. So the the basis of it is purely decentralized and and peer to peer. But of course, you can aggregate and, and curate sets of, of agents on, on top of that. So, I mean, this this is all, you know, from the average end user's point of view, it's back end, right? So, I, I mean, because these, these are AI services accessible by API. So, I mean, these are things that are accessed on the back end of some app or application, which mm-hmm. could be anything, right? So, it could be end user, like there's some folks built... Uh, a music app, like a song splitter app that strips vocals and different instrument tracks out of a song. So that that's just an app that strips vocals out of a song if you're doing that in, in making videos or music or something. On the back end, that makes API calls into an agent running on, running on SingularityNet. But the fact that that's happening on the back end, that doesn't matter to the end user of the app any more than they care whether the back end is running on like AWS or Google Cloud or some, or some other server farm, right? And I mean, similarly, we have a, there's an AI service running on SingularityNet doing like machine learning for genomics data analysis. So it it analyzes a bunch of DNA data to find what genes are most important in, say, telling who has cancer, who doesn't or something, right? So I mean that, if a biologist is using that to analyze some DNA data, I mean, they, it may not matter to them whether that's running on a decentralized platform or or, or, or or whatever right that that's just that's just the back end of this genomic data analysis app so really the the users in most cases the main users are you know developers of software apps or applications who need AI on on the back end of, of whatever they're whatever they're building the average person on the planet is an end user of apps that are built on the platform rather than an end user of the of the platform directly, right? And I mean yeah, that's that makes uh, sense. But that's, I mean, you know, most of Amazon's revenue now, their biggest chunk of revenue is from AWS, which is just providing processor and server on the back end of other people's apps and, and applications, right? I mean, the back back end for processing of all kinds, including AI processing, is quite quite huge but then in order to really make this a viable business model we need something that's cheaper and faster than than ethereum right because i mean re- re- yeah the just... whole singularity net design has been an exercise in working around the limitations of ethereum by setting up all these side channels and stuff similar mm-hmm. to what side yeah i was just are. about to ask you about side channels yeah yeah it's all it's all different like there's six different channels that are set up between two agents when they talk on singularity. But as of now, like the gas cost is so insane, even with all the use of side channels, like the, the small number of Ethereum transactions that do have to be made are, are already too expensive. Right. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. I think the Cardano network in its current form is cheap enough and scalable enough like for all the AI agents that are out there now on SingularityNet. Now, for for our long-term vision, if you want to have like swarms of millions of AI agents that are being created and destroyed every second, I mean, then we would need orders of magnitude reduction in current Cardano costs, actually. And I think, but I think, I think that's feasible within the Cardano framework. Like, I mean, one could make one could make like microservices uh, friendly consensus mechanisms inside Cardano without without breaking Plutus or something. It, 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 would, it would just be up, upgrades under the hood. So I'm yeah, and then the, think, the fee that's actually charged is is a parameter you know that can be voted on. It's one of those parameters that we can all set. So if point one seven eight is too much, you know, in the future for a certain service that does provide a, val- a lot of value, then people can vote to lower that. Um, right, but if if you lower the fee really, really low, like you need to have like swarm AI and microservices, then you need to do something else. 
Yeah, to pay the to pay the delegates too, you know, because as the rules well, to protect against uh, like DDoS attacks or something, right? So I mean, really, a, I mean, what one what one function of the fee is it makes it expensive to just do a bunch of spam transactions or hmm. fees. Yeah, really I've never low. thought of that. Yeah, if the fees, but but they're, I mean, there there there's other there's other tricks you can you you can use for that. But so they, they're, there's there's a lot of considerations i mean yeah you, you i mean you need to you need to compensate delegators and 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 you, and you need to protect against various attacks but there's there's all there are workarounds for that i mean charles and i have discussed discussed some of these points and i, I think in the in the in the next couple of years Kanano can can get there and i think the if you look at the research literature of of the cardano community there's a lot of amazing computer science depth in there, which has not yet been rolled out into the code base, but but will be right. And so I think I think that's another another one of the inter- interesting things there. The the I mean the sort of academic focus of some of the of IOHK's effort in a way is frustrating at times because there's a lot of stuff there that you see looks cool, but you can't use on, on the other hand there's a yeah. there's a incredible fund of stuff that's been prototyped and like theoretically demonstrated to work and i think with plutus out there you're going to see a lot of that pretty rapidly coming coming into into realization which should, should be quite interesting and yeah. a lot of that is relevant to the ai work that we're doing also mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited for Plutus to roll out and, and just really to see people start building, you know. I've been waiting years for this. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be interesting because, you know, I have, in addition to SingularityNet, we have an AI AI project called OpenCog, which is sort of our general intelligence architecture. And we're building a new version of that called Hyperon, which is, is going on SNET on Cardano, but... The reason we didn't do the original version of OpenCog in Haskell is it was too hard to recruit Haskell developers, right? And I, I think uh, Cardano, for its core development, is going to face that issue, right? I mean, there's in I, I love Haskell, but there's not that we don't we only have like two other Haskell developers inside Singularity in that team, right? It's a and it, if you know math and computer science, it's not that hard. But for many developers, it's it's a cognitive struggle to come to grips with the yeah. with higher order types. So, but I think what one of the interesting things with putting SingularityNet on top of Cardano is, while we're going to use Plutus smart contracts, I mean, to integrate your AI agent with SingularityNet is still just Python coding, right? So you don't, you don't you don't actually while Plotus is in the guts to make your AI agent run in SingularityNet platform on top of Cardano, you don't even have to know what know what Plutus is. You just have to be able to write some simple Python script. So we can yeah. we'll still be able to get a lot of traction, even among you know developers who just know plain vanilla script scripting languages. So how does OpenCog work? You said it's it's your general intelligence. That's a, that's certainly a long topic, but yeah, there's it, a there's a way curiosity. Labeled, <laughs> there's a weighted labeled hypergraph knowledge store, so it's like nodes and links. Links that can point to multiple nodes. Links that point to many links, and this is a huge, huge distributed in RAM knowledge hypergraph. And then there's multiple AI agents that act collaboratively on this hypergraph. So there's some neural nets like transformal neural net for, for language and, and convolutional neural net for vision. But the, there's also logical reasoning engine, which stores its like logical predicates in the nodes and links in the hypergraph and does probabilistic logic inference. There's evolutionary program learning algorithm that takes like a software spec and evolves little program graphs till it finds a program that will fulfill the spec. And then these different AI algorithms, of neural nets, logic engine, and evolutionary learning, they work together on the same knowledge hypergraph and collaboratively updating it to try to achieve system goals. And we're rebuilding a lot of this to work decentralized on singularity net now. So Mm -hmm. the knowledge graph lives among a bunch of, of decentralized nodes. And I mean that, 
that comes into why we want a world's computer, right? Because and yeah. you, you you need you need a good infra- infrastructure for that. And I mean, Ethereum doesn't doesn't do it. And that that needs that needs more than just a fast blockchain, right? I mean, that that that, that needs a lot of subtlety. So this this ties into a project that Charles and I have launched. We're already working on it now, which is the AI DSL. So it's an AI domain-specific language or description language. So it's a it's a functional programming language for describing what one software does in a formal way, so another software process can understand it. So if you have two AI agents or two non-AI software processes, and they want to say one wants to outsource work to another one, or I mean, it could be for that matter, two two blockchains and want to be interoperable, right? You want them to be able to interoperate and exchange data with exchange data with no human in the loop. So for that, for that, you need the AI to have you need the software processes to have a standard formal language for yeah. for talking to each other, for describing to each other what each other are doing. And we're we're building that in a function language called Idris, actually, which is a little more obscure and abstract than 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 Haskell, which underlies Plutus. But the the cool thing is like you could isomorphically map between descriptions of a software process in the in the AI DSL and Idris. You could map that into Haskell for Plutus purposes, or you can map that into Atomese, which is our function language in, inside OpenCog. Like if once you're in the domain of pure functional languages, you can isomorphically map among the different languages in, in an elegant way, and you can you can get like provably correct, provably secure computing and, and AI and ultimately general intel- intelligence to work in, mm-hmm. in a decentralized way. So there's there's a lot of funky computer science underlying all this, which yeah. is... Uh, just hearing you talk about OpenCog, just, I don't know, just something about it blew my mind. I'm definitely going to listen to hours about that later on. But yeah, just I the idea of just that. a decentralized, um, just yeah, decentralized Lex, AIs Lex all work. In the Lex Friedman podcast, I dug into OpenCog a fair bit, but not not so much into the decentralized aspect. Yeah, because that's the part that kind of set the light bulb off, you know? <laughs> it's super important. I mean, and for a lot of reasons, but I mean, you think about, think about whoever creates the first AGI that can really think as well as a person. I mean, immediately a whole lot of power hungry parties on the planet are going to try to take it over or try to kill whoever created it or shut down the server farm or make it all black inside some intelligence operation. I mean, because this is a serious thing. Once you get a machine that can really think as well as a person, and you you need that to be like Linux, like everywhere and nowhere, right? Yeah. Like Bitcoin or Cardano, everywhere and nowhere. Like who? How? How? How could? How could a government shut down Linux? They can't do it. Like you could you could assassinate the whole kernel team, but some other kernel team will pop up, right? I mean, so that's a you need you need the first AGI to be fully decentralized. In the way that Linux or the internet is, Other, otherwise things are going to go ape shit once we really make the breakthrough to to, to general mm-hmm. intelligence. And so, that's, I mean, that's yeah. sort of a long long term thing, but it's it's absolutely the same sort of reason that uh, Satoshi wanted Bitcoin not to be controlled mm-hmm. by any central party, right? I mean, it's it's totally in the in the same vibe. Yeah. So this is a little bit out of scope. Before we go into your your plan uh, with Cardano. Is there any limitations with decentralization that that you foresee kind of holding um, a decentralized AI from coming first relative to uh, a centralized well, company working on it, or is there advantages to to kind of? I this mean, method? I think the there are intrinsic computational disadvantages, but they're not blockers. They don't have to be blockers. I mean, it is. There are some things where it's intrinsically more efficient to centralize them, and if you're decentralizing it, you are paying you are paying a computational cost, and you can't entirely eliminate that cost, yeah. but you can re- you can reduce that cost small enough that it's not your main problem. And I mean, I I, I think uh, I mean security is the same way. I mean, making something secure by design 
there's intrinsic computational efficiency there. Mm -hmm. And if you make it insecure, you can make it faster, right? And I mean, just like UDP is faster than TCP IP, right? I mean, so, but I think with good design, these costs can be reduced. And so, I, and Cardano does a good job of that. So I don't, I don't think that's, that's not the main problem. I think the main disadvantage is more a business model disadvantage, which is, I mean, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, I mean, the, the, Apple, These you have a lot of trillion dollar companies there. Yeah. Google dropped a couple billion dollars on Google DeepMind now, and they've been willing to lose money on it because they want to, they want the R and D done, right? So there's simply insanely large amounts of money going into centralized AI. Chinese government is putting so much money into it in the form of Tencent, Baidu, Alibaba research labs, and so forth, right? So I mean that that's a significant problem, right? I mean Cardano yeah. has a nice ten billion plus market cap now, but I mean that's yeah, relative. That's, it's that's not, it's not a trillion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So, and so I, I mean, the on the other hand, Linux is sort of the paradigm case where I mean, Windows and OSX are also developed by trillion dollar companies, but Linux Linux is like seventy percent plus of the internet, and in the form of Android, it's the majority of mobile, right? So there you have something which had much less money behind it. There's hope, but, but yeah, on on the strength on the strength of uh, superior technical foundation and a decentralized developer community, it, it, it managed to become dominant in, in, in very key areas, right? So decentralized has the strength that it can pull in a more diverse and passionate community to help, to help build stuff. And if everything lines up right, that can win even even though you have orders of magnitude more resources on the on this on the centralized side but i mean yeah. that's uh, that's what has to be done and i think uh, neither singularity net nor cardano is there yet in terms of like a linux level developer community i mean uh, there's great developer community but it's not it's not huge enough frankly yet to to defeat microsoft and, and google and tencent right and mm -hmm. that's one hopes that Plutus can help solve that, right? Because when when you have when you have ways for people to develop native assets and other sorts of of custom applications more easily on top of Cardano, I mean that can that can build the developer community in direct and, and, and indirect ways. And with that larger developer community, I mean you're get you're getting cognitive firepower and you're getting developer time. And I think Pulling in the developing world is a very interesting part of it. And th this was one of the funkier coincidences in my collaboration with Charles is, you know, we both had offices and software projects in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, which is uh, not not that many tech projects do, right? Like I, I co-founded an AI and robotics outsourcing company, ICOG Labs in Addis in 2014, my daughter was the first American exchange student in, in Ethiopia. So now my, my son-in-law is an Ethiopian computer security guy. But then, so I spent a lot of time in, in, in Addis. And then IOHK, actually, you know, they had a big training program for Haskell block, mm -hmm. and blockchain developers. And we're now, we're now uh, planning to co-locate the SingularityNet Ethiopia team with the IOHK e Ethiopia team in, in like a sh shared office there. But I think that in itself is cool because the oddest guys are a bunch of computer geniuses. But it also indicates the fundamental advantage of the decentralized world in that we're not restricted to hiring people in in Silicon Valley or New York or, or, or Seattle or something, right? I mean, the decentralized project, we can pull in developers from literally every country on the planet like anywhere anywhere where you got computers and internet which is not not yet everywhere on the planet but it's every city on the planet right so i mean we in theory there's a there's a very broad there's a broader developer pool for for decentralized projects and linux has leveraged that very well like i mean canonical which launched ubuntu is a south africa company for for, for example so and i think both both charles and i are oriented toward leveraging leveraging the developer community in the developing world both because it's good business sense 
and because that's the best way to help the developing world. Like it does, charity doesn't work well, but if you can foster productive development in the developing world, I mean that that is helping give the developing world tools to to grow their own economies in an advanced advanced technology way, and that 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 can be an advantage the decentralized paradigm has. I think. Yeah, I think that's a huge advantage. Um, but yeah, let's let's go into the the second treasury action um, for AGI, and I'm curious on your proposal and, and really what's the yeah, scope this, of that. Yeah, this 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 was a big one, right? So I mm-hmm. mean, we did we founded Singularity Nut in mid 2017. Then we did the first token generation event December 2017, which is minting a billion billion AGI tokens on the Ethereum blockchain, of which half of them were were released and, and and sold to the public and, and and the rest were were used for uh to incentivize incentivize development and and so forth and for advisors and partners so now what we've just uh launched with the approval of uh something like 90 percent of the agi token holders who, who, who voted in the election on it what we've just approved now is to create a billion more tokens so equal to the original token generation event in 2017 they will be one-to-one equally swappable with the agi tokens in ethereum so it's like a silver dollar versus a paper dollar or something it's a different different form but you can swap between but between one one or the other at, at, at the same value but these are going to be cardano native assets and we're we're not we're not releasing them all at once We'll release some in, in month one, sort of as as soon as uh, Plutus is ready for it, which should be sometime first half of this year. So we'll we'll release 15 million tokens initially, and and then uh, decreasing amount each month after that. So decreasing by 1.5 percent each month until the. And is that releasing for that. development? Yeah. So the, these will be used for a number of things. So ha- half goes to Singularity Net foundation which will use them to incentivize and fund development 30 percent goes into a pool we're calling the deep funding pool the decentralized ecosystem projects pool and this this is much like voltaire yeah treasury system but but it's uh it's actually it's a larger percentage of of singularity net than voltaire is of cardano right so this is to to incentivize and fund uh, community-based projects in a way that's democratically voted on by the community of token holders, and the, this is that's so I mean, cool. That's so cool that you can submit a proposal for an artificial intelligence that you're building, and then have a decentralized system vote on if they get funding for that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. incredible. So it's incredible. We're basically gonna, we're going to reuse the Catalyst software, mm-hmm. just use it for the Cardano native as- for for the AGI native assets instead of for ADA tokens. So, and we're I mean we're looking at sort of how do we need to tweak the Voltaire process just for the differences in what we're doing, but it's going to, it's going to be pretty similar. So that, and that, I think that the innovation that IOHK has done, you know, for the launching Voltaire and, and Catalyst is a shortcut for us, right? Cause then we can just take that process and ad- adapt it slightly rather than having, having to start from, from, from scratch. And so that's, mm-hmm. That's going to be quite interesting. Yeah. Then there's some some tokens in the staking pool and liquidity pool, and then a reward pool for uh, a curation market for like uh, reputation rating agents and so forth. So yeah, the the tokens are they're for development and platform growth in 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 various ways, and I, I think uh, this this should uh, this should allow us to accelerate development considerably it's already been going pretty fast but this should let us amp things up even even better and yeah i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about that and i i think uh should be a phase of extremely rapid growth and i'm hoping that you know the agi ecosystem and the ada cardano ecosystem can then help, help each other you know grow because every every ai application that's built on the AGI native asset, of course, that's that's running on the Cardano platform. It's using some some ADA ADA token as, as well for for transactions, mm-hmm. and it's a, and of course, 
Developing for now, make- for now, um, especially if we grow together, I'm sure eventually you'll be able to use AGIs for fees as well. You know, that's kind of Charles's vision is, is multiple tokens as fees. Well, it's gonna, it, 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 should, it should be both logically, right? So yeah. there, 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 should be, there should be some portion that is, is, is ADA because you need to reward the, you need to reward the underlying consensus mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't want to, we don't, we don't want it. We don't want to replicate that. And then, I mean, we're looking at other, layer two networks on top of singularity net network itself. So there's a, there's a network called the new net that a group is building, which will probably, I'm sure they'll submit for, for funding from, from the deep funding pool, actually, but mm-hmm. we've been incubating that within singularity. Net. So that that's, that's a sort of a decentralized marketplace for AI processing power. So you can put some cycles on your phone or cycles on your laptop into various AI AI process AI processes and you get some reward tokens for that right so that's uh, that that will leverage singularity net network which leverages the the ADA network right so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean we can have mul- multiple layers and it doesn't I mean it doesn't have to be expensive if if if, yeah. if they're all, they're all well designed right so I, I think there's a lot of amazing things that that can can happen and yeah the the Plutus is going to be, I mean, it's not the end all because there's more and more and more development, but I, th- I think it's, it's, it's a very meaningful threshold. It's probably yeah. one of the biggest, I mean, it's the biggest threshold since the launch of the consensus mechanism in, in Cardano's history, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's obviously not the end all if you guys are already working together to design a, another language for, to, to speak for the AI, to speak with each other, you know, the DSL. Well, yeah. And you need, you need, improvements in scalability to get sort of microservices. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. There's plenty more that's needed, but I mean, the, yeah, smart contracts are a huge part of the ecosystem. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how fast the whole decentralized finance world moves into Cardano actually, because I mean, they're all moving into Ethereum side chains now, but still you, when you need to, buy or sell the underlying asset unless it's wrapped in the side chain you're still yeah you're still paying ethereum gas right mm-hmm. so uh, i mean i, I think it should be should be quite interesting because there's i mean that's not been my main focus i'm more interested in sort of general intelligence research but we have we have a singularity net spinoff we're working on the background it's called singularity dow which is which is a you know ai for decentralized finance and i think Having this sort of thing running on Cardano, I mean, you're you're getting rid of the, of the frictional costs, right? And and you also also if you have if you have like a private chain, so say you have a, you have a you have a bank that wants to do some blockchain stuff internally, but they also want to interoperate with the, with the public network. I mean, you can have elegant isomorphisms between a private Cardano network and the public Cardano network. And if you're trying to do that with Ethereum or EOS or something, it's just the mapping of private to public requires more work. It, 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 it's, it's a little more awkward. So I think I think the ability to make elegant relationship between a private and public chain on Cardano... Is it, is it just because be of the cost? Is it just because of the cost of it getting that data? Like periodically, no, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's not just the cost. How it's, does Cardano have the ability, yeah, to talk? Because the, because the Haskell language has the ability to set up sort of mathematical mappings between different smart contracts in in, a, in, a, in an automatic way. Okay, it, 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 it's it's because the a Haskell program is its own mathematical formalization, right? Whereas a Solidity program, Solidity is an imperative language, so it's not, in a useful sense, its own mathematical description. A Haskell program is closer to being its own mathematical description. So if you need to map between a contract in a in a private subgraph subchain and a and a, a, a smart contract in the public subchain, those contracts are very close. To knowing how to describe themselves to each other, so you can just you can just map map between the two in in a in a formal way, right? So it's 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 quite elegant, right? And the, 
you can't build those isomorphisms between two solidity contracts in any practical way. Mm-hmm. But you, so an isomorphism is a mathematical term for a structure preserving mapping. Like you can map, you can map one contract into another in a way that preserves all the key properties. But you can do, you can set those mappings automatically between smart contracts and Plutus. You, you can't do that in WebAssembly or in the, or in 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 Solidity, and that that has a lot of implications, right? It lets it lets you map from a from a side chain to the main chain. It also lets you map from a, from a, like a private fork into the public chain. And I mean, it's it's a, that should have a payoff in terms of making it cheaper and easier to run sort of layer two networks on top of, of Cardano. But it also has a payoff that when you have say a large bank that wants a private blockchain and they want to do stuff on the public blockchain, the interoperation there is very simple, which like, if you look at what consensus is trying to do with Ethereum for, or what JP Morgan was trying to do with their own, with their own blockchain. I mean, all those things are going to be much nicer with, with, with Plutus. And I think financial services industry will, will see that because they're always early adopters of technology. And then I mean, they're also early adopters of AI technology, right? So I, th- I think you're going to see a big payoff for Cardano and SingularityNet as DeFi mainstreams and DeFi merges with traditional finance because then, then you have large traditional financial organizations that want blockchain inside and they're increasingly going to be dealing with blockchain, with public blockchain markets and they're going to want nice interoperation between them mm-hmm. and they're and they're they're frankly they're, they're by now used to software that is less crappy than ethereum or WebAssembly. like they're like they're i mean they're 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 their software frameworks are not as good as cardano but they're better than other blockchains so they, they don't want to take a step backwards but they will but they will take a step forwards and the, this i mean this could be what what turns Cardano into a hundred billion dollar market cap, right? It, it, it's going to be become the engine of DeFi, and then being the engine of DeFi when DeFi merges with traditional finance, and then as AI gradually takes over finance, then SingularityNet is 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 jumping in there, and then you know within a few years, I mean you can have tens of trillions of dollars of financial transactions being coordinated by machine learning algorithms running a combination of public and private Cardano blockchain, right? And that that's uh, sort of, if you look at the logic of it, it almost has to happen. But, yeah. But, yet, uh, but uh, that's another, course, uh, that's like a value uh, of the formal language design that the average person wouldn't see. You know, it touches back to what we were talking into earlier that, that no that's one really, right. that's just But the guys at Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan do understand it, right? And mm-hmm. so that that's, that's, I mean, fintech is not my favorite domain on a purely personal level because I'm sort of more interested in, in uh, you know, helping the development, developing world advance. Like if you could, if you could get, if you could get speech to speech machine translation, so any language in the world, people, even a language with no writing, people are talking to their phone and it'll be translated into an English query against Wikipedia or a medical database. Like that's. That's amazing, and I, I want to support that. But on the other hand, you know, fintech, these are early adopters, and they're good at understanding advanced technology, and that can just get a lot of, that can get a lot of financial value into the ecosystem, which then then provides, you know, provides the wealth that can solve speech-to-speech machine translation and all these, and, you know, AI for curing disease and minimizing uh, crop disease and all, all the social good applications. You really just blew my mind there, Ben. I, I have to admit, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. Yeah, there's there's a it almost goes in so many directions. That yeah, it's, it's, it really it's does. Hard for anyone to keep up with, right? I mean, both <laughs> both AI and blockchain, in principle, should underlie essentially all software and software is increasingly underlying essentially all aspects of human pursuit. So, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the upper limit is, 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 is really not there because we're expanding toward a technological singularity anyway. Right. So it is a, well, what's pretty cool is for the first time in human history, like we're living in a time when 
all these revolutions can happen in in our lifetimes, right? I mean, that mm -hmm. that, uh, that was never the case in, in prior generations. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so I wanted to touch back on the supply uh, that we were going over earlier. So you said oh, yeah, that 30% yeah. of the, the supply um, is going to be taken out, and then half of that's going to be for development. And then was it for the other half is going to be for the no, treasury no, half, system? So half, ha half is for the foundation. Half is going to Singularity Net Foundation, which mm -hmm. will be used for development directed by the foundation and 30% is for community driven okay. de de development. And then the, the remainder is in a few different, the, so there's a liquidity pool, which we need to support the fiat to crypto conversion. So, so that folks can, uh, can pay in, in fiat currency on, on the, on the platform. And then there's a staking rewards pool, and there's a reputation reward pool, which is used for a, for a curation market to reward, reward people for making accurate rating of, 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 of agents. And so, so that's... A, what's the staking that, rewards pool? I'm curious about that. Well, I mean, we... If people stake their token, I mean, this is... It's very simple. This is simply a pool that we can draw on to give people... Oh, like an ADA staking pool. For staking, for staking their token. Yeah, yeah, but it's AGI, AGI staking. And this... So this can you, you can stake AGI people. as well? Yeah, you can stake AGI. I mean, you can stake AGI on Ethereum now, but it's okay. become shit because the the gas cost to stake to stake is, 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 is exceeds the reward you get for staking in many cases. So that doesn't make sense anymore. But, but I'm, I mean... Yeah, because we we want AGI, AGI liquidity pool to, to to support mostly to support fiat payments, right? Because in AI space, I mean, most customers who need AI services don't want to deal with crypto at this point in time. So they they want to pay in they want to pay in dollar or, or euro or yen, yen or something, right? So you need you need a liquidity pool of AGI token on on the back end so that you can market make between the the fiat being paid for AI services and the fiat being paid to to AI service providers, but on the back end, it's all using the AGI token. So folks who stake their tokens are bringing those tokens in, uh, into that liquidity pool, and they get some reward for providing that liquidity. So that's kind of different than the way staking. So a, a normal staking pool couldn't have eight or not ADA, but AGI stake to their pool, right? Yeah, it's different than a normal stake. So it's pool. providing liquidity. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So uh, on the Cardano blockchain, how would that work? Do you essentially send your ADA to a smart contract or do you just yeah. essentially sign it? Yeah, okay. the, the, yeah, we have to write a staking contract in, in Plutus, which hasn't been hasn't been written yet. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, we, now, now that's a Solidity staking contract, but, that, but that's, uh, I think that won't be instantaneous because for... For just putting AGI on Cardano, we just need the MPS, like the monetary policy scripts, which is a that's sort of a Plutus template. The staking contract is a little more custom development, but it's I mean it's that's simpler than porting the Singularity Marketplace, which is a fairly complex multi-party escrow contract that also has, has to be ported. But I mean the IOHK team is being very very uh, collaborative and working with Singularity Net platform team in, in, in uh, working through how to port all this stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's where the 30% is going. See, when you said when you said staking pool, it got my mind wandering, right? Because I, I have the Cardano bias when I hear the word staking. and um, Whereas is when I yeah, think of that, I mean, it's Cardano providing liquidity. Staking is, is different, and there could be... I mean, there could be ways for AI to help with things in the Cardano staking also, but then this, this is a whole other topic. So, yeah, it's a whole other topic for sure. So that's 30% of that $1 billion. Uh, where's the other 70% going to go? No, no, the – hold on. 50% oh. is to the foundation for development. 30% is, is for community-driven development. Staking pool is 5%. Then there's 5% oh, okay. that's just – yeah, I misunderstood that. For a liquidity pool. I thought you were saying of the 30%, it's 50% no, no, going no, no, to no, that. Okay. So, that makes a lot more yeah, sense now. Th this 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 is all uh on the Singularity Net phase 2 uh white paper document which is linked from Singularity mm -hmm. Net. Yeah, and then I'll link that down below too as well. For those, for those who want to go through the all the all the particulars here. And so we will yeah, we will be Starting with this, as soon as uh, 
Plutus is ready, basically, which will certainly be Q2 of, 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 of this of this year. We're not sure. Maybe it could be April. It could be a little later. We'll see how mm-hmm. that development goes. But then, then uh, yeah, I mean, the idea with uh, releasing a certain amount of tokens in the first month at 1.5% fewer each month, I mean, uh, of course, if the value... If the exchange value increases faster than one point five percent a month, then you, then you have an in- increasing amount of uh, of value going going into the d- development in in the in that way. And I, I think uh, you know we're looking forward. There's going to be ups and downs because crypto is like that. But I mean, we're looking forward to rapid exponential growth. Yeah. So, what was the response from the community? The Initial response was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then after mm-hmm. after a couple of days, by and large, I mean, after a couple of days of intensive discussion with the community, I mean, of the voters, we had like ninety percent yes votes and and ten percent no votes. Uh, maybe no, maybe more like eighty five percent or something. But but I mean. Dramatic preponderance of, of votes for uh, for yes. Anyway, so I, I think uh, I think there is an initial resistance to increasing token supply in in the, in the crypto course. world. I mean, yeah. pe- people like people like it being uh, fixed, right? And and I mean, yeah, it was it was to get the numbers right. It, it was well over ninety percent of voters. But if you if you look at number of votes in terms of tokens voting then it was over 80 percent, but not over 90 percent. but it's but any, anyway is uh so how do you vote on the ethereum blockchain i'm just curious how did you guys go about that you know, oh so we my cardano we, bias once again we made we made a centralized voting approach to avoid gas costs right mm-hmm. i mean i mean you could make a purely decent like that that gave purely decentralized voting and then all the votes would be on the blockchain but we opted not to do that because we didn't want to have to pay so much gas per vote. So, I mean, we, we just made a smart contract, a stake, a voting contract, and we hosted that contract. And, and then, and then people went to it through MetaMask. People, people have to log in through MetaMask and, 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 and then, and then vote. So, I mean, if, if you have your tokens in Binance, you have to take them out into MetaMask to vote. So, so then they just uh, sign one transaction. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, just, okay, that makes sense. I mean, MetaMask. You know, it's not my favorite piece of software on the planet, but it's it's not that hard to use, right? So yeah, it's that, not. That, that, that that made things re- relatively easy. the The shitty thing was having to make a centralized voting mechanism. I mean, it, 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 in the end, it's okay in this context. I mean, the voters are trusting the foundation also to mint all these tokens and so forth. So, I mean, there's still... The centralized aspect to it, yeah. Yeah, there's still a centralized aspect to it. I mean, I, I mean, I think Charles and I have a similar philosophy there in terms of progressive decentralization. I mean, I think, I think we're both genuinely wanting to make these things purely decentralized as the, as the end game. But I think we also both see that... Sometimes it's not ready. We, well, if you do that too quickly, development will just everything will bog down, will become very slow, and we very philosophically pure, but you will lose the technology race, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the challenge is like the balance there is like how how decentralized can you get, how fast, without becoming extremely inefficient and just having the shit beat out of you by you know Google and Mastercard and Microsoft and everyone who is is top down and so that was like you know we have 50 percent of these new tokens for development that's orchestrated by the foundation which is in a more centralized way although i mean the developers are still physically all, all over the place and we still will listen to the community and but and 30 percent which is really in a purely decentralized mode and the, i mean that it was intentional that it was that way instead of like 90% decentralized and 10% more centralized. Like I think for, for building out the core plumbing of what we need to build, it's still going to work better to have, you know, a team of developers working in a few offices, 
you know, we have a great team in Bangalore, a team in St. Petersburg, team in Brazil, the team in Africa. I'm building a small team here in Seattle area. And that's just very efficient. On the other hand, you don't want to get too narrow, right? And mm -hmm. I, I think for for building for building stuff on top of the network and just for getting innovative, wild out there ideas that we never thought of, you want you want to have some non-trivial portion of your of your uh, your development tokens go, going going into just whatever wild ass shit the world the world throws at you right and that's, yeah uh, yeah and we did the same thing with cardano with the d parameter of course you know we just slowly yeah. decremented over time to whereas in i think it's march 31st is what we're looking at we're going to be 100 de decentralized um so 100 yeah, yeah. of the blocks yeah, being made by stake pools yeah it's the same uh the same uh philosophy exactly so mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll go ahead and end it there. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here today and telling the Cardano community about SingularityNet. And I got to say, this is the, uh, the the project I'm most excited for coming to Cardano. You know, um, it, all the DeFi stuff. It just this is just so much cooler to me. So I really appreciate you really taking the time out of your day to come on here. No, thank, thanks a lot. And it's uh, it's uh, fun 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 stuff to talk about, right? So we got, got to go a little bit into the functional programming uh plumbing which is is, is is always cool stuff to talk about so yeah it was awesome yeah. to talk about and you made something click there for me too so i appreciate that i'm i'm super psyched about the uh token port and then the, you know the following years of uh, close collaboration with the iohk and the iog and the whole Cardano ecosystem so i mm -hmm. think it's uh, gonna be a very exciting phase of development for everyone yeah, I'm so hyped too. Well, if you guys made it to the end of the podcast, uh, please type Ben Gortzel down below. Singularity Net's coming to Cardano. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a like, click that notification bell, click all, and then also leave a comment. But I hope you guys all have a good rest of your weekend. See you guys.